So Grant, I don't know if this is this uh, you know close to midlife crisis type thing. I'm just thinking of maybe just for a little while. I'm gonna try and get those sweatpants that have the word juicy on the back. I, I don't know how I can pull these off, but I really want to try and pull that off. Well, you gotta get an ass. I do have to get an ass. I have been force feeding myself thousands of calories each day, so you, you can so get maybe. those. You can get those uh, strip mall butt injections. Now, here's the thing, Grant. This has nothing to do with sweatpants, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. So, a little side story here. I am the new president of my condo board, and I am letting all of that power seep to my head. And because I'm the new president of this condo board, our insurance, our condo insurance was coming up due. This is such a fascinating topic to start a podcast with. And simultaneously when I took over these duties and uh, our condo insurance was coming due there was also somebody in the condo that was selling their condo through some hilarious miscommunications I thought that our condo insurance had actually lapsed which was now impacting this person selling their condo because they now could not in good faith sell the condo to someone uh, because they didn't want to take on that risk of actually buying a condo that had no insurance on top of it. So the whole entire deal had this risk of falling through. It was my fault, and I was already being threatened with legal repercussions if this deal fell through. And so I basically didn't sleep for three days, stressing out about this. And when I stress, I stress eat. So I had like five cakes from Dairy Queen uh, at the same time. Luckily, did, did you literally have five cakes? I literally had five cakes. And so I've gained, I'm not even joking here, like 10 to 12 pounds in the last week is because I was freaking out about this. L finally, I get on the get on the old horn, get on the old squawk box over to the insurance place. And they're like, uh, no, you totally have insurance. So I was freaking out about nothing. Well, so far, your presidency is it's going well. It's, it's going well. It's mired in controversy, Grant. I just hope that my relationship with the Russians isn't exposed. I, I, I love it because you, uh, you're, you're busy, right? And then you take on more stuff. Yeah, I just like to layer on just more and more and more responsibilities until I am crushed in on myself and become just a huge brick of coal. That is what I'm kind of banking on at this point. Anyway, sweatpants. That was my... That was my lob to you to to talk about yeah, so I, something that you wanted to talk about. I saw I saw in the wild these pants that looked you know they're kind of gray, look like dress pants, and then upon closer inspection, I realized they were sweatpants, but they had they had all the everything that normal pants have except they had sweatpants cuffs at the bottom that weren't didn't go all the way to the shoe, and he was wearing like nice shoes, a nice button up shirt. His shirt was tucked into his sweatpants. You know, and he had do, a little do portfolio you, in thing. Fact, do you, in fact, own a single pair of sweatpants? Yeah, I own one, but I didn't buy it myself. Other people buy them for me. But do you wear them? Occasionally, huh. if it's cold enough. I normally you actually, just... Like, but you don't sweat in them. You, like, wear them to bed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. You mean literal sweatpants? I mean, I don't think I even see people wearing sweatpants at the gym, to be honest. It's I've... usually the shorts. I would never wear sweatpants at the gym. I would ne never. Dead in my air. Life. That's. 
Well, I, that, did you not hear me? I was talking. Oh, I see. You threw your see, voice I, again. I told you my computer's acting weird right now. I think every time I try and do something on the computer while I'm talking, it appears to not think I, I should do that. Well, I will say what everyone always tells us about our podcast is they love the furious typing while somebody else is talking. It just adds that that sweet aural texture to our conversations. There's, there's a lot of podcasts, though, that I, I, well, I used to listen to that had typing while talking. Well, there's one that I actually still do listen to that has a furious typing that happens in it. Yeah, and it's normally similar stuff where they're just talking about general topics. I mean, if we're doing if we're doing a, a opinion based, you know, comedy podcast, then normally there won't be much typing. They'll just be like, you know what? Who cares? Well, well, no one will ever confuse us with a comedy podcast, Grant. Uh, I I will tell you this: Do you go into Reddit much anymore? Uh, when I when I run out of things to 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 do, I'll go on to Reddit, mm-hmm. and it's mostly just uh, uh, you know animals subreddits yeah. that I subscribe to, like birds with arms, that sort of thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, you need to go see birds with arms, but so you don't have an account though, like you don't go and subscribe to certain subreddits. Or oh, anything? of course, yeah, I'm Veggie Man's. Oh, you are okay, great. We should. I wonder if we'll ever run into each other into like a weird subreddit. Anyways. Uh, beside the point, the the what I was going to say is that if you go to any of the podcast subreddits, oh boy, like reading through that, I just get the impression that nobody likes podcasting. <laughs> that's that's the only conclusion I can make because I, invariably there will be at least once a week a post that's like, what annoys you the most about podcasting? Or it's like, what do you not like about podcasts? And... It's always like, ugh, you know what I hate? Music during a podcast. I'm like, uh, like that's every single one? What are you talking about? Or it's like, uh, I hate when they add like a certain sound effect to inter- in- to, to intimate like a, a transition. Or it's like, I don't like when there's narration in a podcast. Or it's like, I don't like when there's two people talking on a podcast. I'm like, you're literally naming 90% of podcasts. I don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. So they <laughs> so just... <laughs> they just want less production value. They want less production value, but being more real, which is like, I don't know what you want then. <laughs> like, what do you want? They want vlog casts. Basically, it, it's come down to the fact that, that they want something that doesn't exist, and, and they're mad about it. It's like, uh, I, I'm not even going to try. There's an old Simpsons quote about that same thing, about asking people what they want. And it's like, you want somebody that's like down to earth, but like way better than you are, and is a millionaire, but understands the working man as your leading actor in, in this role. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what we want. It's like, all right, I guess we'll try and find this this uh, Mel diamond Gibson. in the rough. Mel Gibson is who you need. Uh, anyways, welcome to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover, you know, whatever this is. My name is Kyle. I am listening to Grant, Man of the People, Tingly. Oh, and, and those sweatpants had belt loops, which was the thing that blew my mind the most. He wasn't wearing what? a belt, but it had belt loops. So no drawstring. Okay, wait, let us, let's, work this, let's work this back. If he had been wearing a belt, would it be weirder if it was like a regular leather belt or if it was like another piece of fabric, like a string or something that was tying them up? I don't that think, is I, wild, Grant. I think wears, the whole thing is just weird. 
Wearing wearing sweatpants out in public is weird to me in and of itself. If you're not working out and you're just going to the mall, I do not understand you as a person who decides to wear sweatpants. I, need, I guess I, I should I need, say I need to dress up to go to the mall. You, <laughs> I don't. You don't necessarily dress up, but you also don't need to look like I've given up on life. Or oh, whatever. Run a comb through your hair. Eat a piece of gum. That's all I'm asking. Which, I've which, worked ha- in a mall. which hair? The head on my hair or the hair on my body? Oh, no, just the, just the puff below the belt. Okay. Uh, having worked in a mall for over a decade at this point, I will tell you that it is phenomenal the amount of people who reek of alcohol at like 8 in the morning. Well, yeah, but that's from the night before, really. Oh, I know. I know they didn't get up and like, you know what? I need to start my day. This vodka and tonic. No, well, I mean, I'm people... sure some are. <laughs> sure. Daddy has to go to his insurance job. I am not getting through the day without this. Well, we, we also, we, we forget about everybody that works the night shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So oh, that's right. There could and be they people... want to have a drink after their job that yeah. like, ended at 6 a.m.? Yeah. So, I mean. Why is that so weird? Why does society look down on those people, Kyle? So, but I mean, I mean, the majority of people obviously don't work the night shift, but uh... but some of them do. Grant, sometimes we start with a game here on our show. Games. What uh, game do you have for me this week? Okay, biggest movie flops of 2017. <laughs> well, oh, t- sorry, I thought we were still in 2017 for a second. And I was like, oh, that's going to be easy, probably. All right, I'm going to be embarrassed. Let's go. What's my first clue? Well, no. The, the, Actually, first off, how do we play this game? I'm just going to give you a, you know, th- this is a simple thing. Uh, I'm just going to give you a, a handful of, and this list looks like it does it. Doesn't Actually, I, I don't even know what the qualifications are for this. But this is from Business Insider. You think that they should... They have a they have a respected name, so I'm hoping they know what they're talking about. But I know that there's movies that lost like Monster Trucks lost like hundred and eleven million dollars last year. Are you giving me all the clues? No, Monster Truck start? isn't even on the top ten yet. Oh, I see. But I have you I, watched Monster Trucks? No. My my brother Russell owns it. He what do you mean he owns it? He's the one guy that bought it. On Blu ray? I wish. Four K. Three D. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> digitally, digitally. Oh, you got it digitally. Okay. <laughs> you were you were blowing my mind there for a moment. And I think the, I think um, according to budget advertising, and box office, I think the biggest box office loser last year with was uh, Arthur: The Legend of the Sword. I think. Right. Right. But anyway, we can all agree that the biggest losers of the box office last year was us. I think this is a percentage they're going with here. Hmm. What do you mean percentage? Percentage of like budget to box revenue? office. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I just want you, first of all, I want you to give me uh, a movie that you think lost a bunch of money last year. And oh, I'll tell Grant. you if it's on the top 10 list and then we'll go Grant, from there. This is like the hardest thing for me to do. Cause I can't even remember what came out last year. Let me see. Year. One, two, uh, three. Uh, my, I mean, Batman V Superman can't have, been that big of a no according a loser. To, according to I, I think i made a ton of money yeah whatever that other article i was reading the other day um which i can't find now i really need to bookmark this shit mm. um 
Batman v I'm, Superman wasn't our Batman our Justice League wasn't even in the top ten. Oh, Justice League, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna guess the was it the Tom Tickfer movie, the um, whatever City of a Thousand Planets. What was that movie? Valerian. Called? Valerian. Also, also not on this list, but also according to the article I read the other day, which has way more credibility than this. The problem, the reason why I didn't, I realize now the reason why I didn't bookmark that other article was because it was really confusing. What do you mean? Whoever wrote it was just dumb. The formatting was horrible and they embedded spreadsheets into the page. So you had to like click on them to download oh, them and boy. then look at them and you're like, what are you doing? I get that there was a lot of work put into it because they had advertisement and budget. They had, they had theater rental. They had all this stuff in there. And you're just like, wow, a lot of detail. I mean, I love that they had that dedication. Okay. How about I just give you, I'm not going to do any research on this, but let's go with. <laughs> why, why would we start now? Let's go with simple stuff. Uh, this is a, uh, came out last year. It's a remake. And, um, uh, had an appearance from one of its original stars. Okay. Uh, the lead. What was genre? It? What genre are we talking? About? Horror. Horror remake. What horror remakes came out last one year? One of the original stars was Kiefer Sutherland. The Lost Boys. They didn't make a sequel, or they didn't make a remake, did they? No. Um, Horror, uh, it's horror. it also has Diego Luna in it. Oh boy, I do I not know what this movie is. It grossed forty five million dollars worldwide, according That's to Wikipedia. Why I don't know what it is. The original came out in nineteen ninety. Um, had uh, Pretty Woman in it. Pretty, gosh, Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland in a nineteen ninety film that this, was a horror film. This movie starred Ellen Page. Well, I guess you could call it more of a thriller, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I literally do not know what this movie is. Flatliners. Okay, yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Business Insider is going strictly off domestic box office. Okay. So the... so it was it was not not good, is what we're saying. Did not make its money back. What was its budget, supposedly? Well, on see, this, this is why uh, the game is going to be dumber than I thought, because... Uh, on Wikipedia, the budget are they grossed forty five million dollars. Uh, according to this article, it it, it grossed sixteen million dollars. Okay. So I, apparently, I can do better research just on Wikipedia than this guy does. So let's uh, let's, let's slightly let's just slightly change the game a little. To I give you hints about horror horrible movies, and you try and tell me what the answer is. Sure. Sounds good. I can dig it. Uh, kind of a Coen Brothers movie. Kind of a... Oh, was it... Uh, bu, 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 bu. Is it the one that was... Um, did it have Matt Damon in it? It did have Matt Damon in it. And it was directed by George Clooney? Yes, it was directed by George Clooney. Oh. That's good. Suburbanators. I can't remember Yeah, that's good that enough for me. Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Good for you. Kind of a Coen Brothers movie. Big hint, apparently. All right. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, it stars, this movie starred Thanos. Okay, Mr. Josh Brolin. It also starred Whiplash. 
Uh, when you say whiplash, are we talking the kid or the uh, a teacher in whiplash? Well, the kid was in a car accident, and he probably got the whiplash. Okay. So whatever that guy's name is, who I can't remember. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Do you know what is special about Miles Teller and this podcast? That he wants, he looks like he should get punched in the face? Well, that too. But our very, very first episode that's not available anymore, but the very first podcast that was released was about the movie Project X, which he starred in. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that fun? Um, this movie uh, was directed by the guy. I, I like this game. Vague Hints. Vague Hints. I don't know a movie that starred Miles Teller and Josh Brolin. It was directed by the guy that did Tron Legacy. Um, mm-hmm. He also did uh, a Tom... Uh, Hank's movie or Tom Cruise movie very distinctly different people yeah it was that was Oblivion I think it was Oblivion yes I don't know what movie he directed last year then about firefighters oh fire that's not Firestarter I don't know only the brave (laughs) there's no way I would have pulled that out there's literally no way I would have ever have named that movie according to the business insider it says 17.9 17.9 million dollars made domestically on a reported budget of 38 million dollars. Mhm. All right. <laughs> Did you just take a sip of something? I'm drinking Martinelli sparkling cider. Oh. And I'm drinking it out of the bottle so it made a weird bubbling weird weirdness out of it when I was mm-hmm. Okay. Uh this stars Kristen Bell's husband, Dax. Okay. It also stars a fast-talking Ant-Man accomplice. Uh-huh. <laughs> who was in who served as uh served an end of watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. I can't remember his name. It also he plays a very similar character uh or his his character has a very similar occupation to his end of watch character. That's typecasting. Well, well no, he's he's also Mexican, so you know there's that. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's also horrible. I figured. On, I mean, you had me at it stars Dak Shepard, so I was pretty pretty sure. Uh, when I when I when we do our best of 2017, this might be my worst movie of 2017. Was this based on another property? Yes, it was. I can't remember. I, I vaguely remember another podcast I listened to mentioning how bad this movie was. There, it, the 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 title has five. A letters. cartoon was it based on a cartoon? No, it was based no. on a, on a TV series from like on the eighties. In the eighties, the not title like, has not, not eight, like chips or something. There you go. It was chips. Okay, that was like two out of three. Good for you. Hey, if it's a move, if it's a TV show from the seventies or eighties, I'm your guy. <laughs> you've been you've been doing good lately with these games. Yeah, I know. Are you taking performance enhancing drugs? I am. It's called Wikipedia. Okay. Um, so I'm going to throw a wild card into the mix. Oh, no. Guess, did you see the uh, appearance from Sean Penn on the Colbert Report, or Colbert Show? No. Where he was like on Ambien and smoking the whole time? <laughs> I must have missed that. Anyways, guess what? What? He, Sean Penn and Mel Gibson are starring in a movie together. Uh, okay. Be- because what they're going for is supreme public appeal. Uh-huh. I call it box office poison. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we got one 
we got two people that like to treat women poorly. Good for them. But it's a very fascinating subject, and that's why I bring it up. Okay. There's a uh, a person uh, called James Murray. Now, James Murray was committed to an insane asylum. I got to – oh, no. No, Dr. William Chester Minor. James Murray was the editor of the Oxford English Dictionary. Okay. Uh, when it was first, you know, like he was there for for years. From eight... Do you think that he ever was like, you know what? Let's just mix up the alphabet this year. Let's just go nuts. I don't think the Oxford English Dictionary was in charge of the alphabet. But yeah, but he's the editor. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I think they this were just... Year, this year, Y comes first. So Dr. William Chester Minor, who's going to be played by Sean Penn, was somebody that was uh, sent to a lunatic asylum for murder, right? Mm -hmm. And he is one of the largest contributors to the Oxford English Dictionary of all time. While he was in the lunatic asylum, he would just send in, you know, lunatic means this, asylum means this, you know, English means this. He was playing Boggle in his cell. With him and his, him himself and mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, correct. Yeah, but <laughs> honestly, at the end of the day, Grant, who is Jim Carrey? We're all just fake people. Everything's a lie. It's a construct. It's all a construct. Man, Jim Carrey is a weird guy. He's gone weird. Sorry, were we leading up to you asking me a question, or is this just a, a, a little run on on? Uh, no, it's on a it's a people? fascinating movie project. Mel Gibson's held the rights to this oh, book. Oh, I see. For 20 years. Boy, oh boy. Okay. It's called The Professor and the Madman. So he wants to direct it, I'm assuming. No, he passed it off to uh, somebody that has written for him. I believe the, the writer was the writer of Apocalypto. Okay. Yeah. His name's Farid Safinia. Uh, uh-huh. He wanted to uh, do it. He wanted to, to direct it, but, you know, I don't know if he's busy right now or something. Anyways, they filmed it in 2016. Um, and then guess what happened? Mel Gibson sued the production company, uh, over creative control because as one Mel Gibson does. So that's why it's been a little bit in production hell because normally a a film that would like of this qual like of this production value filmed in 2016 would have already come out, you know, maybe five months after rap. Right. Right. It's not, you know, that big of a thing unless they were holding it for a specific film festival. But just imagine that a guy in an insane asylum. This is what I find fascinating. The guy, uh, you know, Dr. William Chester Minor was an American army surgeon and one of the largest contributors to the Oxford English Dictionary while he was in while he was in a lunatic asylum. Yeah, there's there's a lot of story there. I guess it's just fascinating to me. And I I I read about this guy, you know, like five years ago, and he's stuck in my my brain forever. And then the other day. Um, you know, I watch I, I watch um, TV shows and stuff, and then I I see oh I recognize that guy. Who is he? What was he in? What was he in? And then it brought me to uh, Sean Penn somehow, and then that brought me to uh, the Madman and the Professor. Hmm. And the the craziest pairing. Can you think of a more weird? Not a weird pairing, but a like a box office poison pairing more than Mel Gibson and Sean Penn. Apparently, Dax Shepard and anyone. 
Well, Dax Shepard was in. No, no, he was no. Nope, they were all box office poison. They were, they were all awful. They were all awful. Remember when he was well, in that movie with Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson? I I unfortunately do, Grant. And Pedro from um, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now that is a powerhouse cast. Oh, and Harlan That's Williams. A, that was Andy that was Dick. The, yeah, that uh, that was the Avengers of its time, Grant. And the whole showdown was a speed checkout at the end. Uh huh. Took place in a Costco. It was forty minutes long, and everyone still complained about about the length. Forty minutes long, forty minutes too long. That's right, Grant. Let's jump into our topics here this week. I mean, most of the time we get to our topics on this little document that we share between each other, and we talk about them. And that is exactly what we're going to continue to do today. I'm going to jump in first here, and I want to discuss this this thing that's been in the news about how Steven Spielberg is a little bit throwing some shade over at Netflix and streaming sites in general, saying that they should not qualify for Academy Awards and that they should be qualifying for Emmys because they are being made to be shown on TV, not being shown in a cinema. Which I think is kind of ridiculous because at this point... uh... Start your pretentious engines. So this is how I I feel about that. You have a... uh, uh... A movie that just went into film festivals, did the five-day or two-weekend qualifying run in New York and L.A., right? And 99% of the uh, United States population and not less than 1%, less than 0.00001% of the population of the Oscar viewers have seen the movie. Spielberg would rather have that have a better chance of winning an Oscar than a more qualified film seen by maybe 20% of the Oscar viewing public, but that was available to be viewed by 100% of the Oscar viewing public. That to me shows the miscalculation of uh, and the willingness of, of Spielberg to just allow the Oscars to die. I just find it weird that a man that made Jurassic Park 2 has an opinion on anything. Oh, no. Yeah, that and Schindler's List. Ha. <laughs> what a snooze fest that was. Black and white. Oh, look at me. I'm too good for color. Racist. Well, yeah, he's too good for color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the deeper thing here, Grant, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack here. Being, uh, I'm going to go... Uh, past my little pretentiousness uh, thing that I just did there, uh, my, my own throwing of shade, if, if you will. I think if you read into the articles that are, have been written about this, it's, it's not so much the distribution, it's legitimately the made-for-Netflix tag. So if it was originally made and funded by Netflix to never go to a theater in the first place... Those are the films that he is kind of saying, I don't think that those should be eligible for Academy Awards. I, I, we'll, we'll jump into the Academy Awards situation here in a moment, but that's the, those are the ones he's, he's okay. talking about. He's not talking necessarily about like the movie Annihilation, which, except in North America, is not having a theater run. It's going straight to Netflix, but was originally made to be shown on a big screen and just so happens to be bought from Netflix to be streamed everywhere. 
then then I guess what I say is the movie Tangerine should not have been eligible for Oscars because it was made using an iPhone. And iPhones mm. aren't used for making movies for the big screen. Right. Plus you, ha- you, have about, to, you have to use plus a Plus it was film about transsexuals, so I film, mean. Well, he, he doesn't like uh, – he doesn't like things pretending to be things they aren't. That's right. He hates Victor Victoria. Hates that movie. I used one of their songs once for a audition piece. I can't remember which one it was. Was it La Jazz Hot? I have no idea what that means. Uh, me and You, maybe? That might have been it. Yeah. Is La Jazz Hot a real thing, or did you make that up? No, that's the, the big showstopper that Julie Andrews sings in that movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither has Steven Spielberg because he hates transsexuals. Was the joke I was making? Oh, okay. I think I think that is the deeper reason, Grant, and why I I share your opinion primarily about this is that if we start having these really authoritative rules, which is like a a movie that deserves recognition is it has to fit these specifications. Like it has to be filmed on this type of camera and it has to uh, have been meant to be shown on this size of screen. And it has to have been written by this specific type of person. Like the, when, when it gets into those types of things, I think we're, we're losing the, the art that goes into the process of filmmaking in the first place. And at the end of the day, you're right. If I am a filmmaker, I want people to watch my movie and where are people watching movies? They're watching them on Netflix. Well, this is this is how I feel about it. Hey, Spielberg, if you don't think that whatever, whatever movie that was only on Netflix doesn't deserve an Oscar because it was only shown on Netflix, don't vote for it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to make rules. Just go, you know what? You know, I don't think this thing qualifies under my definition of things. It's like... Um, Voting for the people to get into the Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball or whatever else. But people Which have Hall of Fame. Major League Baseball will go with that one. Okay. So people go, go um, I'm not going to vote for Barry Bonds because we are pretty certain he used performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, you know, I don't think people that use performance enhancing drugs should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and so, but other people are like, I really don't give a shit. Let's just vote in whoever played the best baseball. Yeah, let's just do that. Grant, let's pause for a second. I have to go let Jen into my into my building. Are 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 you pausing the actual show or do I need to fill? Uh why 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 don't you fill some time? Fill some time as I run away for like two minutes. All right. And then I'll get to listen to this while I'm editing it and yeah. see if it actually survives anything. So uh yes, I'm running away. I'll be back right back. Okay, so uh let's talk about uh let's see here. So China Space Lab is going to be falling to Earth in the next uh, couple of days here. The Chang'e 1 space lab. And let's see here. Where is it going to fall to Earth? A Chinese space lab could plummet back to Earth as early as Saturday, authorities say. It's a 40-foot-long uh, nickname, the Heavenly Palace. Uh, it's uh, expected to uh, – between March 31st and April 1st. Well, I guess that's just two days. That's not that big. Oh, earlier estimates put the date as late as April 4th. I, you know, do you ever hope that this, like, uh, getting hit by something, 
would be pretty fun. If I if I had to die, you know, Dead Like Me uh, got hit. Uh, the main character died by getting hit in the head by a falling uh, toilet seat. I don't know if it was from a space station or not, but still. Uh, anyways, apparently it's as low as one in one trillion that you're going to get hit with any debris because the structure is likely to burn up in the atmosphere during reentry. There is no need for people to worry. Um, the Chinese I mean, manned space engineer office says uh, because it is going to burn up. It won't crash to the earth fi fiercely uh, as in sci-fi scenarios, but will look more like a shower of meteors. You know, the other day I was taking the garbage out at like 11 o'clock midnight or something like that and i you know it's great when you just happen upon things like this doing something so mundane i just put the the bag in the trash can and i just turn around at the right moment just to see this massive meteor uh falling star uh, coming down i don't know what it was i don't know if it was debris i don't know if it was ufo but it sure was heck beautiful of course the first thing i did was email my mother because that's what you do in those situations the Buster Bluth would. I'm doing Army Mom. Awesome. So have fun, guys. <laughs> All right. How much uh, of a, a racist tirade did you go on? No, I talked about uh, the Chinese space lab, and I talked about Arrested Development. And I just talked about falling stars. All right, great. Yeah. That sounds great, Grant. Here's what I have a question of. Then, if you were to make a movie on Netflix, how would you go about doing that? Well, what do you mean, like topic-wise or production-wise? Yeah, wise? like we're we're about to. We have just been asked. Literally, I just phoned up Netflix and said, "Can I be part of this 700 hours of programming you're making this year?" And they're saying, "Like, yeah, go nuts, buddy. You have an eight-episode series. Go." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna pull my friend Grant into this. What what is our thing? What are we doing?" What I would really love to do is I would like to buy options, you know, for a handful of really really good one-act plays. Mm -hmm. Things that would never get seen by anybody unless you go to a high school, you know, one act festival. Okay, sure. You know, so, so so basically you're just buying up like the fringes and stuff like that <laughs> that that are being performed. Yeah, it would be really cool to you know one act plays from you know the last two million years, the whole entirety of historic and prehistoric time. You know. So are we talking like? <clears throat> stuff that doesn't have any interaction with each other like it would be like a black mirror type of show where each episode is its own separate thing yeah and the production value would be reasonably low because most one acts don't have crazy production values you could get like a black box theater rent it out just yeah. do your stuff right from there i mean you could you could do uh you could put a bunch of money in a, in a little set but again most one act plays don't have different sets they all take place in one place um so I would really – that's what's something I would love to do, to bring to the masses some of these really glorious pieces of theater that most of the human experience has no chance of seeing. I also think it would be really great to be able to show – you know, with this, with this um, uh, format, I think it would be pretty easy to bring in one or two uh, really reasonably known stars, like, say, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother – He'd be willing maybe, to do maybe something. Maybe a Glenn Close. I mean, what is she doing? <laughs> she's what doing, is she doing? She's, she's busy doing her one-man-slash-woman one show about the character she played in Hook. That's right. Meeting That's right. meeting uh, Walter Nobbs. <laughs> it's a sequel uh, to Hook that it's no a, one it's thought a, was it's coming. It's a sequel crossover event. 
mm-hmm. it's bigger. By the way, I have a big problem with people calling Infinity War a crossover. It bothers me immensely. It's a sequel. It is a sequel that takes place within the MCU. Just because a crossover event is when DC and Marvel hook up, something that was unexpected. Yeah. Which I'm sure is going to come eventually in movies anyways, just because it has to now at this point. Uh, My idea, Grant, actually... In in 75 years, they will. But every... I'm sure DC, late at night, four in the morning, calls up Marvel and goes, how about... How about Batman meets Iron Man? And then, you know, uh, Marvel hangs up, takes a picture of the middle finger, and then sends it back to DC. Yeah. Uh, My idea for a Netflix show, Grant, you know, when we come home sometimes, uh, and when I say we, I mean you and I, because we live together. Um, When we come home, I mean, oftentimes people are in their heads and like, what should I do? Should I watch Netflix? Should I watch some YouTube? I say, let's cut out the middleman and just make a show of me watching a Netflix show or watching YouTube, and that's the episode. So, win-win. So you can actually be watching Netflix and YouTube at the exact same my, time. My question is, are you doing commentary on the YouTube? No, it is just me watching it. It's like a camera shot over my shoulder watching the screen that I am watching. So a very boring version of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Twitch. <laughs> well, it might be slightly more interesting than Twitch, but definitely a less interesting Mystery Science Theater. Wow, throwing shade on Twitch. But then you would see me uh, every so often, like every 20 seconds or so, like move my finger just to see how much longer the video has. Just constantly checking. I, I watched a, um, a YouTube video earlier today, um, and the guy was talking about uh, the, like the people are postulating because in the Infinity Wars trailer, Cap is able to hold up Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet, you know, hand, mm-hmm. and people are like, "How does? How can he do that? Blah blah blah, whatever this, that, and the other thing." And you know, he's he's going through this whole thing, and I'm like, "This is an eight minute long video, but if he scripted it, it could be four minutes, maybe." You know, because I'm like, you're repeating yourself again and again. And I just want to thumbs down this. I rarely thumbs down things. I also rarely thumbs up things. Um, but I... I thumbs up so much stuff. Not online. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. You know, sex I know. stuff. I know. <laughs> you, have to keep your, uh, you have to keep your thumbnails short. Yeah. Any 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 other goofs on, on Netflix or are we done with that? I was... I was uh, I, I took it seriously. I and uh, you I know t- you're being super serious, man. This this week for some reason. I know. Well, I, I've been I've I've been kind of busy this week, and I've been kind of getting weird sleep hours all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, okay, but if it, know what you could do then, if you really want to be able to sleep <laughs> easier, uh, listen to the podcast that's hosted by Dax Shepard. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Dax Shep- Shepard and guest, which is his, one of his children, the entire time. Right, right. Um, Grant, because I do have a guest here, let's do one more story and wrap it up. This is going to be a short episode this week. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, the new Men in Black. Uh Uh-huh. The stars of Thor Ragnarok, Thor himself and Valkyrie, are going to be the new agents in the new Men in Black. Uh, Are they actual characters, or are they playing their characters from Thor? uh, They're playing their characters from Thor. See, now this is a crossover event. 
This is a crossover event, exactly, 100%. And we've always known that Men in Black and the Avengers are basically in the same universe. And Rip Torn has been recast with Rip Taylor. Great. I mean, Mm -hmm. thank goodness. I have been saying that since the beginning. You got the wrong Rip. You got the wrong Rip. Is is that also Where is the confetti? Where is this confetti? There's no confetti. I I can't tell if you're still talking about sexual things or an actual serious thing. It's both. I can only get off if I envision Rip Taylor. I was like, he got the wrong Rip, and there, where's the confetti? Was what I was thinking. Uh huh. I I imagine I imagine uh, uh, your biggest fantasy in life is the conclusion of your sexual uh, exploits. Um, you know those little tiny one inch little stringy popper things. Oh yeah. That of yeah. That's that is the conclusion of your uh, sexual exploits. There has been nothing that resembles so closely what my orgasm looks like. I was trying. I was trying to avoid the term orgasm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I've noticed here, though, Grant, that Tessa Thompson uh, is a black woman, so I don't understand how she is going to be a man in black. Well, if you remember from the first movie, whatever mm-hmm. that lady was that was in the first movie, I wanted to say Linda Fiorentino, but that's completely wrong. Uh, but Emma Emma Thompson. That's the third movie. Um, okay. uh, the, 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 Emma Watson? She was a – no. Uh, she was Emma a, Wilson. Yes. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, she was a coroner, coroner in the first movie. No, she was a coroner. Uh, yeah, it, which is basically a coroner that, that only doesn't write down her coroner reports. She sings them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're dead. They're dead. Yes. As you can tell by the broken they create bone, this person was choked to death. <laughs> exactly. It's lupus. It's never it's never lupus. Yeah. Did you, did uh, you actually get that reference? It's never lupus? Yeah, that was house. Okay. The so yeah, I think I'm excited for this, to be honest with you. I, having said that, I never saw Men in Black Three. <laughs> I set, definitely watched the first two, enjoyed them for what they were, but it's definitely a series that I think works works well. It's a nice little like uh, action adventure comedy thing. The the best part about Men in Black Three is a name that you should recognize, Michael Stuhlberg. Oh my goodness, yeah, Michael Stuhlberg is great. He he, he, he is the comedic. He's it's funny in a comedy. He's the comedic relief. Okay, interesting. That's not how uh, it's supposed to work. No. Um, oh gosh, who's who's the actor that stars in you know uh, Dewey Cox like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? What's what's that actor's name? Thomas J. Hardy. No, the guy who's in Step Brothers. Tom Riley. Will Ferrell. Ed Riley. No, some uh, t- t- Charles Steve Nelson Riley. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> we have the Riley part. We have one. We. It's we're Rubik's cubing this name. We got one side done. That's right. It is it is Riley. John C. It's, Riley. John C. Riley. Thank you. Good lord. Okay, John C. Riley. I don't know if you know this. Do you know about the John C. Riley Award? No. What is it? John C. Riley Award is the actor who is in the most Best Picture nominees each year. Yeah, wasn't he in like four one year? Yes, that's that's why they named it after him. Uh, this year it was Michael Stuhlbarg who was in three of them. Who was in Call Me by Your Name? He was in the Newsroom, and he was in Shape of Water. Well, uh, it wasn't the Newsroom, but that's cool. Wasn't it? It was the post. What am I thinking of? Post. Oh, the new- right. <laughs> that movie left such 
a, a non-impression to me. It was just like, you know that one that's in the newsroom? When that I, one. When I left the post, um, yeah. I was like, that was, I can't remember. Uh, it, was a, it was a movie. Tom Hanks was in it. That's a, the, uh, the awful thing is that it was a movie. Uh, the performances were great, and I don't remember a single thing about it. <laughs> But it was a movie, uh, for the, sure. The one thing I remember about The Post, for sure, is that um, oh, uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, his character was whitewashed. Because I think he had some, his character, I think, was Middle Eastern. Oh, really? Or something similar. And they cast Bob Odenkirk. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, the whitest of the white. Um, all right, Grant. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up because we couldn't time this properly this week. So... Thank you so much for listening. If you have a Netflix series that you think you should pitch to us, or you have some opinions about Men in Black, the new thing, you should send that to whateverpod at gmail.com. We can also get in contact with us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash whateverpod. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash whateverpod. My own personal Twitter is at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's your Twitter? Uh, twitter.com slash Fejimans, F-E-J, F-E-J, I can't spell it, Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or Z, depending upon what country you're in. That's great. Yep. And Tyler Hauser. I've never seen stumble that much. Oh, right. And then the music that you did absolutely hear in this in this episode was whether, all done by Tyler Hauser. Whether or not Hauser. wanted it or not, I don't care about you, Reddit. Just up in those ear holes that was forced upon you, thrust upon you, some might say, by Tyler Forrest Hauser and his nefarious ways. Uh, Grant, next week we do have to talk about some stuff that we've been watching because, boy, do I have some thoughts on some TV I've been looking at and watching. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, you know what's really hard to track down if you're not part of DirecTV, AT&T? Is what's that? anything on their proprietary channel. Huh. And what, what, what does that include? Well, I'm trying to get my hands on uh, milk... Louder milk, yeah, I think it's milk louder. Lou- louder milk. Louder milk, yeah. Not, yes. <laughs> boy, is that tough to find. And there's a I lot. I don't of, know what that is. What what is that? Um, well, Ron Livingston and Will Sasso play roommates. Oh, okay. uh, they're both recovering addicts. Um, you had me at Will Sasso, but okay. It had me at Ron Livingston. I'm a big Ron Livingston fan. Ever since The Office, when I was younger in high school, our Office Space, I I watched The Office Space at least once a day for about six weeks. Wow. I love the movie, and I still get a kick out of it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I'm trying to get my hands on that. I want to watch that. I saw the pilot. Really fun so far. Uh, it's kind of the lovable anti-hero helping other people. He's Ron Livingston plays a um, uh, recovering addict who's also the head of a group therapy mm-hmm. thing. So that's really quite uh, interesting to me. And Ron Livingston is underrated. Um one of when I quote uh, the one Ron Livingston line a lot, um, where every day is worse than the day before. So every time you see me, you're seeing me on the worst day of my life. To which his therapist just goes, "Wow, man, that's fucked up." Uh, I have opinions on Roseanne that you're probably not going to like. Well, so I've we'll, heard a lot we'll, of good stuff about that. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time. We'll talk about that. Next time. Yeah.